0: with gotten thereof sein aber bei ist anteigen the not nach seth the gemara is based on a posokin yimyahu um we it's b'khu b'khu laholeh kilo od cry cry for he who is gone because he will not return And the gemara says altif kula met va'altanudulo altif kula met yoter midai va'altanudulo yotzem kshiyur um, do not uh, mourn too much. Do not shake your heads in anguish more than the, the required measure. How do you do that? Three days for crying, seven days for hesper, 30 days for the, not wearing ironed clothes and not uh, trimming one's hair. From then onwards, after Shloshim, you shouldn't be more merciful than I am. I get over it. You should also move on. This is the way of the world. Dying is part of life, and you, and you get on with it. You move on. There's a there's a place to express it, and then you're done. Which is another indication, as I mentioned before. That the 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 year for a parent is not Hilchot Avilut. That's the laws of honoring a parent. The Hilchot Avilut are up to a month. But the Gemara goes on to say and say b'cho b'chu b'cho laholech Amar Av Yehuda laholech below banim. That's laholech means cry for one who goes without leaving children behind. Mm-hmm. So. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi didn't even go to a shiva house unless the person died without children. That's a tragedy. That's not normal. But the person dies. That's normal. That's part of life. No reason to go. He didn't feel the need to go to the shiva house and and take take away from his time for learning and teaching Torah. It was it wasn't necessary. Uh, Zeh avera v'shana bo. Rav Kuna learns this posuk differently, and this is the area of the focus for today. Um, what this is talking about is a person who commits an avera twice, the same avera, he repeats it a second time. Uh, that's what it means. laholech ki You can't, there's no tshuva. After you've done it twice, uh, there's, it's very hard to do tshuva. Ravuna Latame tame Ravuna. Ravuna goes according to his opinion, who said, once a person has done an Avera and has repeated it, it becomes mutar for, for him, it becomes permissible. What do you mean? It's permissible because you've done it twice, now does the Isru go away? No, answers the Gemara, he considers it as mutar. The, the fear of prohibition diminishes and he doesn't feel the issue as much and it becomes normal after you've done it. Only twice. That's frightening to think. A person can keep an, a, a mitzvah all his life and then twice he takes it easy. Twice he, he doesn't keep it. Um, and then Naset lo Keheter, already that becomes uh, an easy. And we've, and we've seen it. People have stopped keeping Shabbos for reasons that they, they couldn't. It was very difficult and you keep it. One Shabbos goes past, the second Shabbos goes past, and then it's done. After that, it's easy. It's the uh, the first time that you, you can hold yourself back, and then you can do chuva after the first time. But after the second time already it becomes it becomes normal. The um the, the, the Shemish will asks an, an interesting question. Now, the the is, is, is important and his, uh, and, and his father's even even more important. The Shemishmu's father is the Sochet Rebbe, the Avnei Nezer, the Igle Tau. And I've mentioned to you several times that, that and a lot of the Hasidic works, the, Hasidic, the works of the Hasidic Rabbim were incorporated into the canon of Lithuanian learning, where they were developed with the science and art of, of Lomdus without... Intermingling the Kabbalah with the with the with the Lomdus. The, the Lombus is such a such a fine art. It has to be pure, and the Kabbalah is a different area, and the Hasidus is a different area. So those those Hasidic masters who were who produced works of great Lomdus of great learning, those those works were were totally absorbed into the. Uh, Lithuanian canon, and an example of that is the Avne Neza, that, that is a, a very important work. So the Sokotchobe Rebbe was a, a, a son-in-law of the Kotska Rebbe. He was also a descendant of the Ram and of the of the Shach. So there's a lot of blending of, of backgrounds. Uh, he died in 1910, so this is I mean, not going away, not going a very long time back, um, and he actually and his son was the Shemishmuel who took over from him. The Shemishmuel actually came to Israel to try and buy property in Israel. We often have this picture of the Haredi Gedolim being anti zionist They were the first Zionists. He came here and actually tried to buy property. The Turks wouldn't sell. And he had to go back without having succeeded. Um, and he, the Shemishmuel, had... Uh, his main work that we've got is the Shemishmuel, which is uh, Kabola and Machshava on the... On, on Chumash and Tanakh, He's, uh, he had twenty-one children, uh, and they were all wiped out in the Holocaust, except for a couple. One lived in Tel Aviv until he died, and the other one, who was a daughter, her name was Sarah. It was the mother of Ripshabzai Sairapapur, who many of you know. So we're not going a long time. These are this is our generation. This is our time when we talk about the Shem Mishmu and the Sochet Shavarev. these are these are people from our times. And the Socher Rebbe asks, if it means Naset lo why didn't Rav say that? Ravuna, Kivan avara, avara if a person does an Avera and then repeats it, lo. And then the Gemara says, what do you mean lo? It becomes a head? No, it doesn't mean that. It means it's as if it's mutar. But then why use that phrase? Why not express yourself in the correct way to start with? Why not say uh, uh, naseit lo keheter? And he brings in the name of his father, the Avnei The Shemesh is now quoting uh, his father and says, A Jew is naturally tied to the riboina HaShalev. We we're tied. When one does an Aveira, that connection is diminished. The knot becomes a little untied, the knot unravels. That's what happens when we do an avera. We actually lose connection with the rebbeinu shalom. The And if you do the same avera twice, the knot unravels completely. You're now you're now disconnected from the rebbeinu which is why it then becomes easy thereafter to do all these Avera, because you're now you're, you're disconnected. And then he asks. Why twice exactly? Why not three times a chazaka? Why not five times? Why not once? What, what's the magic of twice? Kivan kivan The second time does it. Why the second time? What's important about that? So I was thinking on that on that question along the lines of the uh, Gemara on yesterday's daf. We didn't focus on that part of the Gemara yesterday, but the Gemara there said that nikra chayav likra kriot. That if you see a safetura that is that is torn. You have to, the the Sefer Torah that is uh, torn. Um, you've got to do Kriya twice. What why twice? Echad You have to do Kriya for the parchment, and you have to do Kriya for the for the writing. The two tragedies have happened. Why, why are those considered two different tragedies? Because it's almost like the body of the Torah and the soul of the Torah. The 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 Torah itself, the material of the Torah, has kedusha. We you know the gavilium, You can't just throw the gavilim away. Those those parchments have have kudusha. So if the parchment is torn or burnt, then um, you have to do you have to do kriya. Even if the writing isn't isn't, and if the writing is burnt, so that the actual the essence of the torah is also destroyed, that's another reason to do kriya. So it's like the goof and the neshama, and you do need to do kriya for both which is why for, for us, when a human being dies, we only do one Kriya. Why for a Sefer Torah you do two and for a human being you do one? Because it's only his body that went. If a Sefer Torah is burnt, it's the, it's the body and the soul have been burnt. If a person dies, it's only the body that's gone. The soul is still there. There's no reason for two Kriyas. There's only one Kriya. And it's interesting that on uh, in and Nuntes and the Rosh, uh, on yesterday's piece of Gomorrah, the um, Hagos HaShri on the side brings that the Rabbeinu Gershom had a son who who went to Bishmadi, was converted to Christianity. Um, And that's, by the way, an important thing to realize. If it could happen to Rabbeinu Gershom's son, then you realize, as Romero Soloveitchik once said to me, it's the raising of children is Siatatishma. I don't think it's because you've done such a good job. Nobody could have done a better job than Rabbi Nagesh. And there were other people too. Good, good early Israel, Israel Solante, I think. They're, they're people who've had great, great great educators and just the greatest of people ever. And their children went off. And and uh, I was talking to him. I said, so what do you do? How do you raise children? He said, it's tefillah. There's nothing. You only, only tefillah. And then with a wink in his eye, he said to me, I hope his neighbors aren't listening to this to this recording, he said to me with a wink in his eyes, he said, come with me. And he took me to the neighboring apartment. He said, put your ear against the door. <laughs> I don't feel all that. comfortable. No, it's all right. Put your ear against the door. I put the ear against the door. You can't imagine the cursing and the shouting that's going on there. And he took me back into his apartment. And he said, they have two sons. One's in Pontevish and one's in Brisk. And they're amazing, Tamid Chochem and Sadiqim. He says, do you see that it's not their upbringing. That's what they heard at home. And I said to him, by the way, how did you know the moment you you took me to listen in that they would be cursing? How did you time it so well? He says, because they're always cursing. That's how the house is. And the uh, but, but that's how the, the children said, so there's no connection. And, and on the other hand, you can have a person who's a great tzaddik and never their children go off. So we need a lot of siyatadish maya. It's about... It's about siyate d'ishma'el, and we'll have opportunities to discuss other things that one can do to try and help keep the children on on track, which is an enormous challenge today. But with when Rabbi Gerishan's son converted, he kept fourteen days um, shiva. The Hagahas Sashri says seven for the body and seven for the soul. Um, so, so there you've, there you've got the same, the same kind of idea. So I thought maybe this is the two. There's the body and the soul. The body is connected, the soul is connected. Then I realized the body isn't connected to Hashem. It's the soul, it's the Neshama that's connected to, to Hashem. So that comes back to the, to the Shemishmuel's question. If it's just one connection, your soul is connected to Hashem, then do the Avera once. You, what, what is the twice? So the Shemishmuel explains, and he says, the soul's connection is in two places. The soul's connection is in the mind and the heart. And that's an important, we don't have time to develop this idea, but I'm sure we'll come back to it. Um, The idea that the soul is not just heart and the soul is not just mind. The soul is the two to the working together, the alignment of mind and heart. That's where we experience the neshoma. That's where we feel the neshoma, our feelings, our character. Our intuition, all of these things are matters of the heart, and that's one area of Anashon. And then there's the thinking, straight thinking, and being able to connect to an idea, and to be able to connect to Hashem, using our minds to be able to connect to the Torah. That's another part of connection of the soul. And so the, um, uh, the Shemishmul says that the connection to Hashem is in two areas. When you do an Avera once, one connection is lost, but the other is still there. So you can bring yourself back quite easily. You're the, the first thing that goes is, is, is the, the, maybe the, the mind connection, the, 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 the connection, the intellectual connection goes, but you've still got a heart connection. And you, through the heart connection, you can bring yourself back and then recover the mind connection. But once you do the Avera, second time, the heart connection also goes. And now you've got an ashoma that's kind of just floating around in the ether without being connected, without being tethered to its source. It's not that you don't have a neshoma. Your neshoma is not tethered to its source. I and mean, when the neshoma is not tethered to its source, it's not being fed, it's not being nourished. That whole connection to Hashem doesn't apply. So it's all we very, very talk about neshoma every year There's a neshoma. It's true, but is the neshoma connected or not? Is the neshoma plugged in or not? And we have to make sure that the neshoma is plugged in. And we need to check. This is a, a wonderful meditation to do every day, just to check, is my, heart, is my heart's connection to Hashem connected? And is my mind connection to Hashem connected? And if not, have I done anything in the last 24 hours that could have severed that connection? If I have, let me do tshuva. Just takes a moment to do tshuva. To do tshuva so that I get back on track, just to keep oneself, because without attention, without constant attention, those knots become unraveled. And it it happens without even noticing, and then all of a sudden, yes, you've got an Hashem, but you're floating around, and you're one of these many Jews with good intentions and a good heart, just... Just off this kind of floating around somewhere that that doesn't have that connection. The mind, the thinking, isn't connected. The heart and the feelings aren't connected. These are things we need to take care of. We need to be mindful of, and we need to be maintain and we need to maintain on a daily basis. And when we do, the power that that gives us to see the world in a way that is straight, to engage with the world in a way that has kudusha, in a way that has sanctity, and in a way that can uplift ourselves and all the people around us.